Welcome to Getting Down Dirty and Real. Hey y'all, we're here to promote humanity, truth, intellect, respect, and siblinghood. Because we believe people deserve to feel safe, heard, and valued in our diverse world. So thanks for tuning in to today's conversation with Chelsea and Sarah. Yay! <laughs> Welcome you guys. January 5th has finally come and we're glad Yay. you're here to join us. Our first episode, our pilot episode for Getting Down Dirty and Real. Our theme for this episode is conversion journeys, and the particular conversion journey we're going to be learning about today comes from Wayne, who we're glad to have here with us today. Thanks for having me. As Sarah said, we're really excited to talk about these conversion stories because it's our hope with this, continuing on in the future, that we can help everyone see like you don't have to be a cookie cutter when you're in the gospel or when you're learning about things and that everyone's going to do it a different way. So we're really excited to have this be our first episode in the podcast today. Yeah, because we're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and so is Wayne. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, I feel like every religion around the world has to deal with stereotypes from outsiders. Um, and I've always appreciated when people make it easier to look past the stereotypes uh, so that's what we're trying to provide here with with these conversion journey episodes. Yeah, because we all have like our own spiritual experiences um, that we go through. Is there one that you can think of, Wayne, that you've experienced? Like the very first one you can recall? I've had a lot of spiritual experiences, and so has everybody, but I think the one that I can recall best would be in the MTC. So before the MTC, or before even serving a mission, I was inactive. And during that time of inactivity, I never doubted the gospel. I never thought that the church was untrue. I was doing a lot of things contrary to what we've been taught, but that didn't mean that the gospel wasn't true. So um, long story short, I decided I wanted to clean up my act a little, and I thought the best way to do that would be to serve a mission. Uh, my mom was very active growing up, and so was my dad. Um, my dad eventually became inactive. Some say you could say he left the church, but my mom was my seminary teacher um, for three of my high school years. Um, she taught me from day one the gospel of Jesus Christ, or as it's taught in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So yeah, so I, I decided to clean up my life, go on a mission, and the process for it all was very quick, which is what I wanted. I wanted it to be quick. I didn't want to falter again or get lazy um, in my repentance process. So when I got the okay to go on a mission, I thought I was ready to go and I knew everything. I remembered all the things my mom taught me um, and all the things that I learned you know, going to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Um, but then I got to the MTC and I realized I didn't know anything. In the MTC, or Missionary Training Center, well, we had a lot of classes. There's tons of classes in the MTC. You're trained on how to become a missionary, and little do you realize, at least for me, or did I realize that I'd, I'd gain a solid testimony of the things that I had already learned. So in these classes, and um, you're... you're you're paired with a, a bunch of other missionaries and you're assigned someone that's supposed to be your companion in the MTC um, that you will probably serve with or you, pro you probably won't, but you end up going through this whole process together 
and I don't remember exactly when it was that it clicked. I think it's when I realized that I didn't know anything, or I only knew a portion of what I was supposed to know. It confirmed all the beliefs that I had sustained through my years of inactivity and kept with me and held dear, but never acted upon. Um, they just became crystal clear at that point, and it was more like at that moment, I didn't realize the church was true. I had known that the gospel principles were true, but they weren't a solid foundation for me until I had that personal spiritual experience. So it sounds like because you kind of had this fire hose of information and there was so much that you didn't know, those core, those core principles stood out more. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that they, they came to life. So when you say come to life, because I know this is something I've thought about too, is like internalizing those things. What, what does that look like for you, like coming to life? When things make sense. Um, there's always one principle I've held, held dear to me, and that's that the gospel of Jesus Christ has no loose ends. There's always an answer for any and every question that you can possibly have, except for the, well, life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. life. Things happen. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to why um, something is to be or meant to be. Um, you know, to me, those things don't exist. I mean, I guess you could say they do in the sense that if it's meant to be, it's because you make it to be so. Um, but aside from that, you know, question the questions to life, the questions to um, you know, why we're here, where we're from, where we're going, you know, the basic questions that we ask a lot of people, especially on the mission, or, you know, those of you who may have wondered yourselves aimlessly, um, they're all there. All the answers are there. So that's, that's what it kind of looks like to me. That's what bringing it to life means. It just all makes sense. So after you having said that, something I like thinking about is we have here Wayne's testimony and he's, he's sharing things that he believes piece by piece. But I think sometimes we assume that someone has always been this way. Mm -hmm. So in contrast, has there ever been a time that you've uh, like tried to turn away from the gospel? I know you mentioned being inactive, but always knowing the fullness of the gospel was true. Was there ever a time that you really, you really wanted to be distant for some reason? It, no. So, to to contrast the points, my inactivity had to do with my own, um, my personal wants, um, my humanistic wants. You know, I, not wanting to go to church, wanting to be lazy, wanting to party it up, um, you know, have certain experiences or or dabble in things, just because I could. It was never, I'm doing this because I don't want to follow Jesus Christ, or I'm doing this because I hate the gospel, or, you know, it, never anything like that. Uh, touching upon it a little bit, I guess you can say there's, there's just core values, not even values, core beliefs that I had um, that I could not turn away from. Um, those core beliefs had nothing to do with how I was acting at a certain period in my life. What would you say those core beliefs are? Um, well, in the gospel, in our gospel, um, you know, everybody has a second chance. You know, we have baptisms for the dead, we have sealings, we have um, 
all the ordinances that we're privileged to have and accept, whereas some people may have not have had the privilege to. Um, you know, that's, that's a key foundation and belief I think everybody should have. If we're really wanting to love all of humanity, why aren't the same things afforded to everybody? Why can't they be? And that answers it right there. It, they can be. Yeah, that's a major thing that we believe. That's why we go on missions, yeah. is to make sure everyone can find out. That's why we share the, the gospel, find that peace, or peace in the chaos, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah. So the ability to incorporate everybody should, is essentially the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's for everyone and is supposed to be for everyone and given to everyone and taught to everyone no matter what. Especially the fullness as we know it. Yeah, it's everyone's to have, not just a certain person or people. Yeah. We want to talk about equality. What more equal, what can bring more equality than the gospel of Jesus Christ? I don't know. So I just kind of, um, there's something I wanted to touch upon that you mentioned earlier, because you were talking about these experiences that you had that you did because you just wanted to do them, whether that be parting it up or whatever that you did. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, like, have moments where that brought shame, like, made you feel shame or made you, like, not like yourself as much? And if there was a time like that, how were you able to overcome it? Because I feel like we all can get in our own head and we think, oh, Christ needs us to be perfect before we can rely on him. But... I mean, we've learned that that's not true. Yeah. So I just wonder what your experience was. I think shame, shame everybody feels shame, mm-hmm. especially if you know what you're doing is wrong, right? I think for me, there was points in times where I did feel ashamed, and that shame was coming from me. I mean, I was the one shaming myself. I was the one uh, putting myself down. No one else was. You yeah. Know? I felt ashamed when... I was doing some self-reflection. Aside from that, I didn't really feel ashamed. I didn't feel ashamed when I was, or shame when I was drinking. I didn't feel shame when I was partying. I didn't feel shame when I was doing drugs. I didn't feel shame when I was sleeping with other women. I didn't feel shame, you know, during these acts. And I could say sometimes I felt ashamed after the fact. But that was a fleeting experience, right? Um... It was when I was alone, left to my own thoughts, um, when I wanted to be better, but my desire to do other things was uh, more prevalent. I wouldn't say it was more powerful. It's, I don't think it ever really is more powerful. It's just more prevalent. Like where, where are you putting yourself? Are you putting yourself in a party place and saying that you're going to go to the you know, church next Sunday? You know, what's more prevalent? where you're at right so I had to change the venues I was frequenting <laughs> I yeah. guess you could say um, so yeah I felt ashamed of the things I've done um, but mostly because it was myself doing it to myself mm-hmm. so then with that and something that we've at least Chelsea and I have learned a lot mm-hmm. about as we've been going to therapy, as the difference between shame and guilt, like how you were saying, Wayne, that shame you felt came from yourself. Um, but then like that sense of guilt, that's not necessarily us beating ourselves up, but just our conscience taking effect. 
it can sometimes trigger change mm -hmm. or trigger us to seek help, seek relief, um, yeah, and seek something. And I think we can tend to forget that that's okay to to be feeling that to be feeling that and to also if be it's like, constructive. Yeah, don't obviously. Um, I like that Shane, um, what Wayne was talking about how it came from himself, which I mean sucks <laughs> like we beat ourselves up so much when we don't have to because um me and sarah both see the same therapist and one thing that she talks about is shame is destructive or guilt is productive like sarah was saying it it brings change it's not something to constantly tell yourself i'm a terrible person but to build yourself up and continue forward rather motivate than, us to change those venues yeah like you mentioned lane instead of staying stuck yeah so have you found or did you find Maybe it's the same thing that even helps you today, but did you find something that helped you overcome or withstand the negative feelings that could prevent you from changing and becoming who you wanted to be, becoming someone better? I just had to take responsibility for the things that I was doing. Um, you know, it's one thing to, and it's okay, it's okay to do it. It's okay to feel ashamed and believe it or not, it's okay to shame yourself. You know, it, it's okay. I don't think people hear that enough. Um, reason being why it's okay is because you have to you have to feel it. If you're going to put yourself through it, you're going to have to feel it. After the fact, what's not okay is just staying there. So that brings on the guilt. If you you feel ashamed and you realize how guilty you are, just like Chelsea said, it's it's more of an action verb. You're now you're working towards something, right? You've been found guilty. You're going to convict yourself <laughs> and then serve your sentence. And the sentence being is that, that constructive um, fixing. Um, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a really good way to put it. <laughs> the, the way to overcome, again, it is through that process. It's, it's taking responsibility for the things that you've done and moving on. Um, you know, it's stop blaming other people for what you've done in a bad rage or the reason why you drink you know is because of my dad or the reason why i party and slut around is because of all the experiences i had as a child or i went through this horrible horrible thing and i blame the world right no one's going to come to your rescue no one's going to say you can blame me for it um you know, that's not how the world works. You take the responsibility, um, you know, even if it's something that you you weren't responsible for, um, taking the responsibility helps you move forward. If not, you're gonna have that victim mentality and you're gonna be stuck and go on this merry-go-round of emotions and find yourself back where you started. So even though it's hard to hear, you take responsibility for the things you've done and and even the things that others have done and you move on so we talked about not being stuck and that can be hard sometimes um but what how how do you feel like christ would help us have that empowerment not to be stuck and to move forward good question so oh boy for me, a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, Christ, we talk a lot about how we, or that he, how he relates to us. 
how Christ relates to us, and uh, at least in our religion or in our Sunday schools or, or sacrament meetings and other meetings, we always see Christ relating to us. And if I could ask you guys a question, how, how does Christ relating to you help you? Are you flipping the script? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it helps, but yeah. in what way? Christ relating to us. Mm. Um, because a lot of people think of Christ relating to us, mm -hmm. right? And it, it makes us feel comfortable because, well, we have a friend. We have someone that we know has or can understand us completely, right? We're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the reason why we, we, we want his presence with us. Or you, know, you hear it in testimony meetings all the time, like, you know, I know I'm never alone because Christ is with me. Jesus is with me. He knows what I've gone through. Um, when no one else has, you know, of course that's of course uh, a falsified statement. Because <laughs> yeah, people experience some experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. the only person that hasn't had it as well as easy as us is Christ. Yeah. So it's a little back and forth, right? But for me, it's how can I relate to Him? You know, what what can I do to relate to Jesus Christ? Is there any you know it, when you do that? you you start to see things in a Christ-like manner all the time. Also, like, creating or developing his attributes and how he was? Is that what you're getting Correct. at? Okay. Because if I can reflect him and reflect it on myself, then I start to see my true value. I start to see what I'm worth and what other people are worth. I start to see the me the way he sees me. Right? It's no more looking at him and saying or asking him how he sees me or how I see him relate to me it's do I love myself as much as he loves me you know it, it goes deeper and deeper into that I like that I don't know what else to say about that <laughs> <laughs> mic drop wing <link. laughs> yes yes wow I think that's true Wow, I was right. We could just stop right there, honestly. We could stop. I don't want to stop. I don't want to see what else I'm going to say. Keep going. Um, okay. We've talked about how like there, there's this Jesus Christ, there's this Savior that is known to most of Christianity. Well, to all Christianity. Yeah. That's why it's called Christianity. Um, but the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe we have a fullness mm -hmm. that has been restored. And... Part of that is what Wayne was talking about with those those attributes and also our potential to reflect the Savior in our lives in order to overcome overcome the natural man. Um, what other principles or blessings have you found, Wayne, in the fullness of the gospel that you haven't found anywhere else? Well, I think the biggest one was ordinances ordinances um, for the dead, the opportunity for the dead and those who have never heard of Christ or denied Christ or um, didn't have the same opportunity that you or I have or anyone else that is privileged, I should say. You know, we, we take the word privilege and you distribute it, essentially. Um, that's the way I see the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I haven't seen that in... Um, 
in other sects, I should say, um, other forms of Christianity or um, beliefs of Christianity. It just goes to say that that is one thing of many that differentiates us from others. Um, I went to a private non-denominational Christian school uh, for my high school years. And, you know, I, I talked to the pastor one day because I was curious and I was just like, well, you know, what about those who have never, ever heard of Jesus Christ? You know, we can go all the way back into history in the Dark Ages and um, portions of the planet where Christianity never touched down, uh, at least during those years. So what happens to those people? What, what kind of God damns his children and doesn't afford them an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, much less accept it. I should have reversed that, but you get what I'm saying. So, um, as far as I know, the Church of Jesus Christ is the only one that affords the opportunity for everyone, past, present, and future, to learn and accept or deny the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, same thing with the things that we do, uh, ordinances. You know, accept their baptism or not. Accept being sealing or not. Accept endowments or not. Um, there's so many things that that can be given and should be given and not withheld. Um, I see our Father in Heaven as a, a literal Father in Heaven. I don't know what Father, loving Father, wants any of His children to go without. Yeah. So that's one founding principle or core belief that I have. Um, another one would be eternal marriage, families, you know, um, the ability to progress into the eternities. Um, I don't know what kind of father wouldn't want his children to not progress, to have their own families, to become like him, to be perfect, uh, give the same opportunities that he has to us, uh, or better. That's what a perfect father would do. Um, you know, there's core principles like church on Sunday. There's other principles of the gospel that can be disputed time and time again. But as I said from the beginning, there's always an answer. And um, whatever question you have, whether it be predestination or foreordination or um, just anything, there there's an answer. And that's why... That's it. I guess you can see that generalization is a core belief in itself for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's amazing. I think that's um, something that can bring a lot of, like, and we were talking about that peace and the chaos. Mm -hmm. It's the whole picture that Christ and Jesus, or Heavenly Father wants to have. It's not just yeah. cut and dry. There's only a certain part that can make it those who can't. And then you can add something. Yeah, it was. Uh, just the last thing I guess I'll say is um, for those out there listening, I forget the scripture, so I'm sorry, but I know it's in Second Nephi. And it's. Of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, of the Book of Mormon. To have a perfect brightness of hope. The Gospel of Jesus Christ gives us a perfect brightness of hope. Yeah. It's. And I, I like this. Um, this understanding of 
Heavenly Father being a father. Like you were saying, I mean, what perfect father wouldn't want all of his children to have the opportunity to accept those ordinances, whether in this life or after death. Uh, like Chelsea and I have been like a broken record saying yeah. um, we believe in siblinghood. Like everyone on this planet who has ever been on this planet or who is or will be on this planet we're sons and daughters of God, which makes us brothers and sisters. And that's irrefutable. Yeah. I, I said that word right. Irre <laughs> it's a big word. Yes. <laughs> it's a big word. Yeah, we're all valued. And the privilege of living the gospel, everyone deserves it. But we also have that agency. It won't be forced on anyone either. Yeah. And when we, I mean, agency is self-explanatory. But we believe that we have our own. God's not going to make us do anything. I mean, I think that in itself is a proof of his love. He's going to give us the choice. Yeah, freedom to choose. Yeah. And so we've talked about that. Like, we have that choice. So, Wayne, like, mm -hmm. how and why have you come to believe this? Because, like, we said we have our own agency to choose. So what have, what have you done to be able to do that? Um, I'm going to say this in a way that may seem explicit to some, um, but... If you don't have a perfect brightness of hope for everyone from the beginning of time till the end of time, then you're missing something. Actually, you're missing the entire thing, right? You've missed the mark. So, at least for me, it's that the gospel of Jesus Christ includes and will include everybody. No stone unturned. No leaf unchecked. Everything will be taken into account. That's the reason why I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's perfect. It literally is perfect. If you think about it in that sense and you can believe it in that sense, then you'll realize soon enough how perfect it all is. It's comforting. It is comforting. Mm. <laughs> Another mic drop. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I guess in conclusion, um, Wayne, we want to thank you for sharing your testimony today. Um, yeah, it's not easy sometimes, especially um, in a format like this. Yeah, many podcasts. people can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody agrees with me. <laughs> well, as we said before, many might not, but ability to choose yeah. your choice. Yeah, there's that ability to choose, and what we're excited about is just this opportunity to hear a lot of different opinions and one reason why we were really excited to have Wayne on our podcast is because he's not afraid to to say what he thinks and what he believes that's something we've learned about him as we've gotten to know him which we value a lot and we're going to continue our hunt for other people that can can come and share we're glad that you're able to set the tone mm -hmm. for these conversion journey episodes and we're really excited to keep this going you guys um I'm really excited to hear and learn from everyone else. I mean, that's how I learn. I don't know about Sarah, but. Yeah, I definitely learned from Wayne today, mm -hmm. his testimonies. If you have something to say or to respond, um, this is the show for you. Nothing's yeah. taboo. I want everyone to feel free to, to say what they think and what they believe in a respectful way. Feel free to get involved and make this podcast your podcast. 
Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Getting Down Dirty and Real <laughs> episode. <laughs> and keep an eye out for our other weekly posts on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you have any comments, questions, or requests, or, you know, would like to air with us, it would be awesome. It would be amazing. Please shoot us a message on social media. Until then, Chelsea and Sarah, over and out. Goodbye.